Hey everybody, welcome back to the Macro Compass. This is Alf speaking. One of the best European government bond traders, who's actually also a friend of mine, has his alarm set to ring every morning at 6.15 a.m. And every morning the alarm goes off and asks him, how consensus are my trades? Now, in this article, I described my, the changes to my portfolio and I tried to decompose the macro drivers for, for this eruptive move we have seen here to date. Now, markets, as we have seen, have moved sharply in one clear direction. Short Katie Wood, short Bitcoin, long cyclicals, banks and oil above all. Now, the relative stance has become very much consensus. And while there are good macro reasons for the first leg of the move, the short Katie Wood and Bitcoin, I argue there are, you know, the second leg of the move seems much less justified to me at this stage. So how do we trade it? And what are the macro drivers behind this move? How do we trade it in a nutshell is the following. My portfolio is now, benefit, is now positioned to benefit from um, a slowdown in nominal growth compared to expectations and a stabilization in real yields, which means you want to be long the Nasdaq against the Russell. You want to be long 10-year treasuries. And you want to be short against it assets that are in strong need of earnings to deliver. So certain emerging markets, Brazilian equities in my case, I'm short. And the Russell, for instance, I am short. I remain short Bitcoin as I've been since the, since the beginning of the year because I expect more deleveraging in this asset class and more pain to come before we can call it a trade done. And I've also added a short oil position because I think it's pretty stretched. The geopolitical risks are relatively priced in uh, according to, uh, to my point of view. And therefore, I think this run can actually uh, take a rest a little bit. Uh, back to why do I think uh, the moves year-to-date make sense. It's simply because if you stuck the bi-weekly move we have seen in five-year forward, five-year real yields in America, and you compare this bi-weekly move with every bi-weekly move we have seen over the last 10 years, you put them in a distribution, like I've done at the Macro Compass article, you will quickly see that this ranks as the worst 2% percentile in this distribution. It has been a ferocious move up in real yields. And real yields can move up as long as earnings and real economic growth and real wages actually move up uh, in a concerted fashion. And my work on the credit impulse, but also actually real data coming in, look at real retail sales, for example, are showing that the impulse of nominal growth, both real growth and also nominal growth is actually coming down. So we're still growing, but at, at a decelerating pace. And if real yields move ranking and recording the second worst percentile bi-weekly move over the last 10 years at a moment while the economy is not delivering uh, an incrementally strong growth, then what happens is that you reprice down in risk assets. And while the repricing of high beta, high multiples makes sense to me, as if you reprice up risk-free real interest rates and the cash flows from these high beta, high multiple companies are very, very far down the road, you obviously will reprice down the, the value today of these high beta stocks. What makes less sense to me is the overperformance we have seen in the cyclical side. And as well, the fact that the positioning has shifted very much towards in favor of being long these um, late cyclical uh, stocks. Now, if you sum up all together, um, I would expect that a further move in, in real yields, especially such an abrupt move, benefits nobody nor the real economy, neither policymakers that probably do not want to see 
such uh, a fast tightening in, in uh, monitoring financial conditions. And I'd also would argue that the market will probably wake up sooner or later to um, repricing earnings down as well. So in this environment, what you want to do is you want to be long assets like NASDAQ or 10-year treasuries that benefit from a um, slow nominal growth and a um, stopped bleeding of risk premium and valuations as the abrupt sell-off in real yields doesn't continue at the same pace. And you actually want to be short asset classes that are in need of strong earnings. That's, for instance, the Russell or Brazilian equities. On a separate note, I decided to also add a strategic long position to the book, which is long Chinese real estate ETF. And this is because I believe China has opened the credit taps again. Uh, they have this unique possibility and feature in the world to direct credit when they want it and where they want it. The 2022 CCP and the Chinese Communist Party Politburo is actually coming and the private sector deleveraging has been pretty big and lasted for a few quarters in a row now. And the latest action from the Chinese Central Bank and the clear guidance that has been given to state-owned banks should be sufficient to allow for a decent rebound in Chinese real estate, especially if you consider the large drawdowns we have seen and we have experienced over the last few quarters. I don't expect Xi Jinping to um, try to, uh, ex to exert further deleveraging on the private sector, as in few quarters he will be faced with the 2022 Chinese Communist Party Politburo, and we have seen the first signs of credit being redirected to this sector. On the other hand, short oil works uh, as, as the opposite trade, trying to basically uh, benefit from a repricing of a relatively stretched asset class, in my opinion, that has benefited from um, geopolitical tensions and a drawdown in inventories um, that I think might be overpriced. This is it from the Macro Compass. Those are my trades, fully transparent as always. You can have them, you can read them freely on the Macro Compass. If you follow me on Twitter, sometimes you will find lively updates. Um, and thanks, thank you for listening as always. See you at the next episode, which will be next Monday.